Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Our podcast helps to uncover how the fitness industry has misled us. And it will show you that if you believe in your ability to improve your body through exercise, you don't need to rely on diluted or shallow information. From there, you can then educate yourself about the thing you are trying to change, your body. Then by engaging in a process of self-mastery, you will discover the secrets of exercise. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the founder of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. As a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detail-oriented personal trainer, I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast is an educational resource designed for those who have overcome injury and want to stay healthy in the gym. I have seen miraculous changes in my clients, pain, discomfort, and their training progress by working on the health of their neuromuscular system. This podcast uncovers the tools that I have used repeatedly to help my clients consistently exercise without pain. If you are a person who has an injury, is unsatisfied with rehab, or has consistent struggles with staying on track with your training programs, you'll want to subscribe. And also if you're a trainer, a teacher, or a student that is looking to understand exercise science and apply it to a training thought process, you'll definitely want to subscribe. Please go to the iTunes store to subscribe and let other people know you are learning from this podcast with a review. You can find out more about my daily practices and tips on Instagram and Facebook at impact underscore your underscore fitness and sign up for the newsletter at impactyourfitness.net slash podcast. If you don't like something on the podcast, please reach out to me and let me know how I can improve it at Jen at impactyourfitness.net. Greetings, fitnesslings. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I trust you had a warm holiday. And I also trust that you'll recognize our little co-host today, Rachel. Hello. Yes. I don't know why I Mrs. Doubtfire that, but (laughs) (laughs) I am Mrs. Doubtfire is good to have around the holidays. I've been working on some projects to help not only myself, of course, I'm into helping myself, but I'm helping my clients and some podcast listeners optimize every moment that we spend in the gym or just improving our bodies in general. Sorry. Many things can contribute to improving your body. I know that's kind of vague, but I believe exercise is a rare opportunity to be efficient and effective at improving your body. This is because there are many controllable variables to exercise, which is unlike any other, almost all wellness modalities, even, um, I won't go down that road. Okay. Unlike other wellness modalities, meaning they're really passive, um, they barely ever promote the autonomy that exercise has. And so exercise has healing potential and you have control over a lot of the variables, win-win. We all have unique preferences when it comes to the type of exercise and that we're exploring. There's no one best way to achieve high levels of fitness. 
However, um, the ability, this is the thing to keep in mind. This is key. The ability to explore our own exercise, our own movement, our own sport is a pretty big privilege. And I don't think people realize that they get to do this instead of, um, instead of you, you don't have to force yourself to do it. You can, you get to improve your body with exercise. It's not punishment. So this privilege has been turned into by the evil fitness culture that I talk about all the time. This privilege has been turned into what we must do to accomplish superficial outcomes. So Rachel, we talked about mm -hmm. superficial outcomes at length in so much. Yes. And we've been talking <laughs> about it ever since, I think. It's true. <laughs> we just we just hate on all the superficial outcomes. Just kidding. Um <laughs> it's fun sometimes, but <laughs> to have those and to achieve those, mm -hmm. um, I certainly, you know, don't mind myself. But there's bigger reasons to work out. Yeah. And we've got you know, that it is a mm -hmm. privilege to do so. That's number one. And it's, I guess, what I'm ready to share with the audience is what Rachel and I were talking about the other day, which was started out as the zombie apocalypse conversation that I've been having <laughs> with many people. I'm collecting a good amount of survey answers good. from fitness people. <laughs> and I want to know, like, what how they would physically prepare for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm on track, listeners, I promise. Um, <laughs> it is, it came up because women are really good at getting mm -hmm. strong. It's true. Yes. For sure. So while we're going to talk about being squat-aholics today uh, and <laughs> how our, my ass is an asset, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about that stuff today. Oh, yeah. Squats are as superficial as they are mm -hmm. deep down and intrinsic and soul. Um, I don't, they feed my soul. They do. So they, they really do, do all of the things. They feed so a lot of things. They feed a lot of things. Um, so yeah. What was it that you told me the other day that I just, I was so oh, happy yeah. to hear. Well, like when you brought up the zombie apocalypse, I said, well, you got to find the strongest woman uh, because women are meant to endure. Uh, we, there are more female endurance athletes, uh, and women's ability to develop strength is such an untapped thing. Um, you know, women have, while we don't have testosterone, we have estrogen that helps with muscle repair. We so definitely have testosterone. We have, I mean, yes, yes, we have testosterone, but we don't have like, we weren't born with boatloads of it. Okay. Through puberty. Yeah. Um, but we have more estrogen, which helps with muscle recovery. But the other thing is, is women, we are not, we don't have a lot of muscle if you to start off with which means our potential for growth is a lot more. Um, there have been studies on weightlifters. Men got to start weightlifting in like 1897. Sounds like a year. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and around 1951, so almost 100 years, uh, they had finally hit the 400-pound clean and jerk. Women started competitively weightlifting um, in, in 1987, so way past men have already hit that milestone and have already hit the double body weight snatch. Uh, okay. They like, took off with strength basis. Um, women haven't really been weightlifting for that long, mm -hmm. but what they found in every study is that women grow strength faster than men. Yeah. And like, you, you even, we even talked about like mm -hmm. the, uh, I guess a, a curve for yes. that. So men 
uh, get. So really, audience, what this comes down to is that more evidence that the female maybe mm-hmm. the more <laughs> advanced yes gender yeah. yep. um <laughs> just a, just a, just an idea just yeah. uh because okay so men might get more i don't know uh, results or they might mm-hmm. get They're more gonna, yeah. numbers from 0 to 12 weeks yes cuz their zero starts Further along than women's zero. Okay. That's the same with uh, pull-ups for women are impossible. It's just that we have the like our back muscle structure is very different. It takes us a bit, but we can get them. Now you'll probably see women repping out more pull-ups than men if someone wants they get them. But it's you know men start their point zero starts a little bit ahead of women's, but our ability to surpass them. So it's our it's the, the it's the a female's ability to surpass mm-hmm. this in the long. Oh, yeah. endurance capacity is the winner yes okay so uh that, to me that i mean i hate to say that we're not exactly talking to women because i know a lot of the oh yeah audience is male but i just need you guys to use the keep this in mind as an example of we have the privilege to explore mm-hmm. this yeah i mean and they're just you know i think a lot of the talks around it's a lot of women in weightlifting right now because they're finally doing studies that have been done on men before. Mm. Um, but an article I was reading was talking about how men, like it was a male that hit the first four minute mile. Well, women haven't been competing in that field for very long. If you look back at how long men have been training and pushing in those endurance fields, women have not been in the elite field in athletics for very long. Like if you look at the history of all elite athleticism, women mm. haven't been in it. So there haven't been studies but what we can see and what you're able to start seeing is that these jumps in growth um and they've a study was recently done on female weightlifters and tracking their growth patterns Mm. in that first three months you see about you know what is it mm, six to eight percent growth like instantly after 18 months it'll only be like three percent every time you grow but like the more weight you add onto your body so as females get more weight and what how more weight and what how they're going to add more strength because women need to add the mass that men have but they're going to keep surpassing in strength okay so mass means Mm -hmm. muscle especially for women yeah like they've really done that in women like because again men start with more muscle mass just like they have more muscles there already (laughs) okay it's not fair (laughs) so audience i just took this as an opportunity to really illustrate that uh that it it really is a privilege and Mm -hmm. that if so and this made me think of uh i've been i've been giving out a lot of beginner exam like advice to people Mm and and i'm talking about in my professional and personal life that and one of the things that i was reminded of was wow i think you know, whatever your flow state is sport-wise. So um, a client I was just talking to, it it's surfing. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I haven't, I don't do much weight training. Where do I start? Yeah. And while she's definitely not a beginner mm-hmm. in the athletic sense, she's a definitely a beginner with the strength training. Yeah. So my advice to her and... I don't generalize advice that much, but this is going to be one of those times that you know what you're training for. What's going to make you happy? 
what are you going to stay injury free for? Mm-hmm. Is it for your children? Is it for your sport? Is it for your job? You know, do you, whatever it is. And you have to pick some kind of multi-joint exercise to do well. Mm -hmm. This is also for the zombie apocalypse. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You have to lift heavy stuff. It's true. Yes. Travel far distances. (laughs) Yes. And so the multi-joint exercises, naturally what came to mind was squat. There's a deadlift. And then there's Olympic weightlifting, Mm -hmm. right? Anything outside of that? Pull up? Like yeah, press overhead press. Yeah, but I mean, if if we're if we're talking basic athleticism, Mm -hmm. and that there is a reason to to uh, compound and grow, yes, with Mm -hmm. general athleticism, like you know, the faster your reaction times as you Mm -hmm. age, the better. The more fast twitch muscle you have as you age, Mm -hmm. the better. So I'm not just talking about a weekend warrior, you need pride type of goal, <laughs> right? This right. is the opposite. This is long-term training. Mm-hmm. thinking training, as we mentioned. Training <laughs> um, mindset. So, okay. Um, and this is something I've been working on, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. My squat, if you're following my progress on the Instagram, uh, it's, it's there. And I did another measurement today to measure my squats nice. and it was good. Yes. It was very good. I even made an Excel spreadsheet Ooh. and there will be a chart. I love it. It's <laughs> my favorite. Um, so, okay. Back to like this beginner advice. So you have your multi-joint exercise and you want to use that as kind of a foundation mm-hmm. for your training. So we're like, well, we got to talk about squats. Of course. We got to talk about squats. So I'm going to go into like my little squat story because I think it's, I, I, it's, it, it defines me as a person. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. It really does. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, it's also because my whole life, people are just obsessed with my butt. Like this is just my life. (laughs) And the second part is <laughs> my knees. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I made a little timeline. I love it. All right, go back in time. 1997. Okay, curl up, oh, get a yeah. glass of wine. Love it. Okay, 1997, 1999. Injured playing soccer and skiing. Two knee surgeries as a high school athlete. Okay. Woof. Woof, yes. We'll accelerate your arthritis Mm -hmm. and I was diagnosed with arthritis for the first time at 25 so uh 99 to 2003 continued to play soccer through college high school etc 2004 I made it back to DC and or made it back this is my first time in DC (laughs) so my I moved to DC in 2004 I was bartending playing soccer finished my undergrad a little late started personal training nice and my squat obsession began. <laughs> I used to work out as like a teenager, mm-hmm. but I didn't do squats. I was um, even in the college weight room. We were on machines, yep. which I think was a good thing. I don't think barbells need to be in the hands of untrained teenagers. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> we need to train the teenagers. Train the teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> train so them. They will do well. We did a lot of machines. So I wasn't really comfortable with a squat or 
any of that. Um, so Squad Obsession began with a certification, and that is because almost all personal training certifications are based on squats. It's true. And aerobic fitness and what you can do in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Really generalized stuff. Um, the the squat is uh, interesting in particular. I think most people in the States are start with NASM certification. I would say so. Yeah, I think NASM is the most general or wide received. Like you, ACSM and, and NASM are usually the top two that people. Yeah, so NASM is where I started with. Um, they teach you to do intakes on your peeps mm-hmm. with squats. And there there's some major flaws in this thinking. However, the squat is still a universally mm-hmm. accepted way to view how well someone moves. Mm-hmm. The NASM just takes it too far that movement analysis with the naked and naked trained eye is providing data into muscle imbalances and performance inefficiencies. I know now I test it so all the time more. that it's just like not <laughs> not reliable. And um so my squat obsession began because I was trying to pick up clients mm-hmm. at the gym. I would naturally just stare people down and watch them move. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I mean, you know, you, yeah. go, you go, oh, no, let me help you. Yes. <laughs> so I would watch people on the treadmills. I would watch people, like, do their exercise. And I had a really good spot to do it um, where I didn't look too creepy and or, like, too hoey, mm-hmm. you know. Hey. Hey, come, come over here. Some of this. Let's learn some squats. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so I became obsessed. That's the long and short. Anyways, so over to 2007, knee injury number three, ACL tear of the reconstructed ligament in the right knee from slipping at the bar when I was working. It's pretty oh, nasty no. fall. Starting, so I'm starting to learn more about personal training. I had already left my first gym because I was so turned off by the lack of professionalism and mm-hmm. the abundance of liars. So I... <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm at a place called SCLA, which is now an Equinox in DC. I took an in-house personal training course for functional training air quotes. Oh boy. Those um, are fun. <laughs> yeah. And the instructor spent three hours using me as the uh, example oh, in the class. No. So he was trying to correct my squat. Oh. We were using an overhead wall squat oh, no. as the uh, assessment tool. That's such a terrible. If anyone knows how over head squats work, it's very hard to actually it's do it. So the wall hard. is very, not a tool. Yeah. So against all the odds, because I had jeans on, Britney mm-hmm. Spears esque, of course. Yeah. So they were going right down. Oh yeah. And I have big glutes and long femurs. Mm. So this makes me textbook bad squatter. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's kind of funny. Because it looks like I squat a lot, but I really hadn't squatted a whole bunch until, you know, the past few yep. years. So um, it's so he spent three hours belittling me, mm. telling me all these things that were wrong, all these improvements that I have to make or I'm just not functional and in front of the whole class. So there's a lot of problems with this. Tra- if you have people, if you have a trainer that is constantly mm-hmm. telling you what is wrong with you and not giving you objective measurements to follow, you need to dump them. Find someone new. Yeah. Muscle imbalances exist, but you bringing all that information forward without a solid backing mm-hmm. is not cool. 
also we're going to learn later that everyone's different. Everyone's every, so different. Everybody yeah. squats differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So relying on the squat for like an assessment tool is not great. Um, <laughs> so then within a couple days of after, after this guy mm-hmm. using me as an example and belittling me, I met Ami at the sports club for muscle activation techniques. Mm-hmm. And she spent an hour working on my plantar flexion, which is gastrocnemius, popliteus, hamstrings, mm-hmm. uh, and then all the ankle muscles. So she did knee flexion and plantar flexion. Uh, after that hour, my wall squat that he was trying to improve for three hours improved by like 80%. Nice. I did not have a decent cell phone at that time. Oh. Otherwise, there would have been videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely, yeah. So this was like 2007. Um the wall overhead squat improved, my comfort, staying upright, the depth, all of it improved. So I started regular treatments and exploring MAT as a career option. So when I say like squats kind of define me, I mm-hmm. truly mean that. <laughs> and anyways, so with that said, how's my squat now? Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I Okay, so I've been working on it, and my first measurement with the Dorsavise wearable sensors was July 12th, mm-hmm. and I just took one today. Um, knee depth, so it measures how much the knee is bending. Mm-hmm. They're called tibia inclination. It measures uh, the speed at which I'm controlling my knees. It's called varus and valgus speed. And then they also measure, what else do they measure? Um, how much varus or valgus mm-hmm. happens in the squat. All the numbers are improved and they're more symmetrical, which is great. Yeah. I have more control uh, and more controlled speed, which is important. Yeah. So when I first took it mm-hmm. in July, uh, this I was I did not have control. Man, it I was wish, very I obvious. I wish you had it way back the first time. I mean, we squatted together. Yeah, me. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that looked like. Thanks for keeping it cool. So to help you. I wanted to know what. So now that two not two thousand nineteen's just around the corner, so close. What is a reasonable goal for me, mm. numbers wise? Numbers so let's wise. go to a superficial outcome here. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So if like a clean, um, and. Let's see, a five rep back squat. What's your five? What's your five rep at now? We haven't tested in a while. I haven't tested in a while. My three. I should have looked today. Uh, my three rep max was, I think, around one seventy five or one eighty. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that sounds right. Um, I would say we could easily like. Working the whole year, 2019, you can get a five rep at 200, I think. Okay. What about like, April? April? <laughs> um, I mean, we could, you could probably get, if we're like doing and playing with different sizes, a lot of it's comfort and pushing out of the hole. Um, you could probably get into the like 185, 190. Okay. Five. All right. Writing it down. I'm, I'll write it down. I'll write, write it, it down. down. Yeah. Um, five. Rep. What I mean, about a clean? You're clean. You're about to break a hundred on that. So I would say for twenty like twenty nineteen, my goal is to get you to clean one twenty three. Okay, by the end of two thousand nine. Yeah, by April, you're gonna get one hundred five. Okay, if it's I sneak it on the bar. Okay, it <laughs> it's my favorite and I, technique. And with I don't Jen. see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite Jen technique. You just yeah. sneak weight on the bar. <laughs> she does. Yeah. It. 
Um, yeah, it's like I was. Anyways, I sneak a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so mental. Okay, good. All yeah, right. I mean, I think you know what the. I mean, I've only been at the end of your like, towards the end of your squat journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there's been a lot of what where the jumps and improvements have happened is comfort and getting stability and trusting your mm -hmm. joint, all of those joints mm -hmm. to do what they need to. And like now what we started to see is that you have that range of motion is, you know, and as we played with different squat varieties is getting you comfortable in different positions mm. and that that's okay. Yeah. And that yeah. feels natural. <laughs> yeah. That it feels good. Mm -hmm. And that's what I noticed during my testing today that, um, there was a lot, there was a lot less thinking, especially mm -hmm. on my right leg, which is a big deal for the single leg squat for me because um, I'm going to talk through this on the next episode, the solo cast that I'm about to record. Um, my knee is shredded. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, when, we, when we started, you were, we would squat above parallel and you would shift left. Yeah. You would shift. I got mailman knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would shift left. You send everything to the left so that you didn't have to use your right, you know, at all. You would like that was your comfort was. Yeah. So first step was getting you to go down in the middle. <laughs> hey, people, this is real. This is real. Yeah. This happens, I think, a lot. Right. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, we, you know, you could, to go back to the squat test. The thing is, a lot of people actually don't know how to squat. So when you're testing people on a movement, they don't know. Correct. That's very unfair. Yeah. So then you have to teach people. And then it's then you start to see actual imbalances like for you, your shift. And that's more of a mental imbalance, I would say, at this point. I mean, mm -hmm. your knees are going to have some. <laughs> yeah. That knee's always going to, you know, have a little party on its own. Yeah. It's got a party by itself. But that mental trust of that you can go down evenly on both. Mm -hmm. That was a that was that was a mental thing. That wasn't a. And Let's then I've had it. to get I've had to convince myself to be uncomfortable with some soreness as mm -hmm. well. And the soreness that I experienced was actually around my patella tendon. Mm -hmm. And after exploring it with the various woo woo medical practitioners <laughs> that I see and my my own muscle yeah. activation technique specialist. There's no shortage of me asking questions to other people. Yeah. People. Um, I determined after researching as well, it was just that patellar tendon was growing. It, mm -hmm. it was n or gaining more fibers or getting stronger. Mm -hmm. And something to understand, listeners, is that the difference between tendonitis, like real inflammation of a tendon mm -hmm. and tendon growth is this very similar to what you would experience between a callus growing on your skin versus a blister mm -hmm. just popping up because it's too much friction too soon. And that's something, you know, the RTS learned it. They use that example often to make us understand the importance of micro progression, which is you can only progress microscopically mm -hmm. yep. before the big changes happen. Mm -hmm. So I first measured the squat in July of 2018. You and I were working together mm -hmm. well before that. Mm -hmm. um, but we were doing more, we called it the like a bikini bod program. <laughs> I was doing yes, hit. Yeah, we were yeah. yeah. We were doing more of a bikini body. I needed conditioning. Yeah, because it had conditioning. It would do the we'd yeah. start with the strength training and then we'd go into a conditioning yeah. piece. Element. Conditioning is important for me. It it it's fun. It reminds me of being an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um 
And there's a lot of cellular benefits to putting that much stress on your system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing too much. Well, we're not going to talk about any more of the stuff that I'm doing. Um, so let's talk about y'all. Uh, what what we want to offer you, which is progression tips. Yeah. So squat, 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 squat. <laughs> um, you do nothing else. Just go squat. <laughs> find someone to teach you. And find <laughs> someone to teach you. Yes. So again, the idea, the 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 most basic beginner mindset advice is you got to find a multi-joint exercise that's going to make your make your body more functional for your sport Mm -hmm. so surfing hiking these are normal i think what people like to do what else do people like to do that's not weightlifting Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand the question running running running, people run people run (laughs) they go Um, to the grocery store i don't know i love the grocery store is that not an active activity (laughs) So I would definitely say running. If I were talking to a runner Biking. right now, they, yeah. I mean, depending on their. Oh, they have to squat. Um, yeah. But I Hikers mean, deadlift is also a good one for runners. Oh, yeah. And um, what else do people like to do? Oh, Yoga. Yoga is a thing you have to train for. Rock climbing. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a good also one. Also good for squats if you climb the way I climb because yeah. I'm short. So <laughs> I use all the leg power I can to get up the wall. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, climbing is all about the legs. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, climbing is very much about the legs and how much you can endure in your lower body. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's a big one. Um, what else relies on fun- good functional athleticism? Even like Frisbee. frisbee. People love ultimate Frisbee oh, around here. Frisbee, bike riding, bike riding, football, volleyball. Yeah. Adults playing volleyball. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) They love it. Just go down to the Lincoln Memorial Volleyball Courts and you'll find many people there. Take me to brunch. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, it's there are all these daily activities. I have a client and we do a lot of squats and a lot of lunges. And one of the things he really enjoyed was he went on a vacation, was hiking uh, Machu Picchu, and he was not out of breath at all. That's amazing. Even though a friend of his, he went hiking with a friend of his who runs all the time and does all these things. But because of the work we had done with squats and lunges, his legs were so like prepared to just, even though the air quality wasn't great and like thin air, he was just trucking along, not out of breath, just climbing. I mean, that's amazing. Muscle mass can do a lot for you. Mm -hmm. I, there was something to be said there. Going on vacation with no worries about your back going out. Right. That's amazing. (laughs) Um... Go, yeah, being able to be resilient enough not to have to worry about wearing heels and dancing. Okay, mm-hmm. that's my sport. <laughs> I'm serious. I have a 27-year-old boyfriend. It. You got it. That's you gotta... how you sport when you have a boyfriend nine years younger than that's you. That's great, though. Yeah. I walk terribly in heels because I was a dancer, so I just stay on the balls <laughs> of my feet. <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to use heels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see you walking with your arms on your heels. Yep, basically. Just, you yeah. know. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Sorry, y'all didn't see that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it was a, imagine a really great shimmy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk actual advice, progressions. So yes. we have we have this established idea that you need something functional and mm-hmm. multi-joint squat is where to start, y'all. Okay, so um, let's see. We have, I believe, three different squats that you can base progressions off mm-hmm. of. There's back squats. Yeah, classic. So I guess there's four. 
Back, so back squat in general. Back squat in general. general. Um, you know, once I mean, up down, up down, going up and down. Uh, yeah. Sometimes goblet. I mean, that's the if you're gonna do anything, at least do that. And any progression should still incorporate a base squat, as we'll call it, which I think would quantify in your back squat or mm-hmm. front squat. Base like squat. Basic, we'll call it a base yeah, squat. Yeah, the base. Um, and like for the most part, most people are gonna see a lot of growth with a five by five, five sets. Hold five on, reps. back up. Oh, okay. We got ba- base squat or back base squat. squat. Yeah, front squat. Front squat. Pause squat, pa- pause squat, which can fit into any squat paradigm, mm-hmm. and box squat, box squat, which is I think honestly it's the, a great place to start um, because mm-hmm. you can sit down if you need to. <laughs> yeah, the box the box squat is great, and this is different from you'll sometimes see people squat. There's like a squat two box, which is where people are trying to figure out where depth is. Um, but a box squat is you were sitting down and you were full stop. And then getting back up. And that teaches you a lot of gluteal, inner thigh engagement and explosiveness up. It teaches you how to actually stand up a squat, mm. which while standing up a squat seems really like a you know inherent concept. Uh, a lot of people's torso do does a lot of the stand-up work for you sometimes. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. For- <laughs> okay. So that is in a whole category of things called foldability. Your ability to... Uh, fold and bend and then push up against gravity is I'm going to link to a video of Tom Purvis explaining that with a wonderful uh, device that he built. Oh, I that, love that video. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it explains it's, it. It gets it. Mechanics. And I got to tell you, it's. I think it's liberating mm-hmm. to know that we all don't fold the same. Nope. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's. I mean, and let's let's if, also yeah. acknowledge that there is such thing called an Instagram squat. Oh my god! Where the booty creates this heart heart shape. Yeah, and then the booty then does a very slow twerk. Yeah, it's just the booty before going up. Yeah, which is not how. Okay, so th- that that people, there's a disconnect in the mm-hmm. Instagram squat. Yes. There is a disconnect between the core mm-hmm. and the glutes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make your foldability kind of, it, it's going to make it treacherous, especially if we're talking about the, I guess, the spinal area. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe even the front of the hips, which lady, oh, yeah. like when we're talking about Instagram squat, mm-hmm. my, you know what? I'm not going to lie. My boyfriend does Instagram squat. Oh no. He's so flexible. Don't let him in. He's so like he's got <laughs> so much range of motion mm-hmm. um that it's improved and it's yeah. something he's aware of. But I uh, I think other people call there's a butt wink da quality butt, to it wink. as well. The butt wink. The butt wink. <laughs> I mean, I I have videos of like when I first started squatting and as much as, as mobile as I am, God, I don't know what I was doing with squats because someone said butt Can, back. Do you I mean are they I'll posted? Send, I they think should be. You might we should have to yeah, scroll. we should show the difference between an Instagram squat yeah. and people using their core. Also just the difference of our body types. Um, yeah. because yeah. if you haven't seen the video of me, uh, <laughs> I have a giant torso that is about three quarters of my body and then I have some little tiny legs mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so for a while and speaking of everyone squats she's no Danny DeVito people. no I'm no Danny DeVito I look sitting I look like a normal human being and then I stand up and I've not changed height much uh, 
But when I first learned to squat, because everyone is trying to coach you the same way, they'd say butt back. Well, if you tell someone with a long torso butt back, their face just, goes down. Face goes down. <laughs> and like, there's just a weird angle that appears. And I'll see if I can find a really good video of like just the angle my spine would take on the way down. Mm -hmm. um, because it goes with if someone's telling you the same, like if someone is ever telling Jen and I the same squat cues, that's a problem because we are two totally different hinge proportions. Yes. So first rule, if you notice that someone is telling you the same squat advice, they're telling someone else and they look different than you, you probably should find someone yeah. else. <laughs> I mean, that's the same, like, if you go to a chiropractor and you mm -hmm. sit there for 40 minutes before your appointment and he does or she does the same thing with every client or patient. Find a new one. Y'all, run. <laughs> run like, away. <laughs> you need individualized attention. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on Instagram, what you see is a lot of just bad form and there's not a lot of like you're missing a lot of things that happen on instagram are missing the actual point of the squat and are missing that like the squat is great because of how many systems it connects you've got your lower body but your core is firing hard and even your back muscles are engaged to position and hold that bar yeah properly if you uh, i mean if you mm -hmm. really teach your body how to squat in this uh non-superficial way and that it's functional to your life your posture will change. Also, your butt will grow. Your yeah, your butt may. It grow. will actually yeah. like as you know, uh, my lifting coach is Mike McKenna, and he describes it. Your butt should look like a Death Star, uh, from Star Wars peeping around. It should be this nice round, like up top. But a lot of Instagram people, there's you know your glutes on the top of your butt that people forget about. Um, also, the sad glute yeah. sag. There's I'm, a, I'm a Star Trek, perf, like yeah. a half moon. <laughs> I got it. Just yeah. like a round, like the whole thing should be round, not just like part of it sticking out, like, but there should be like a. Oh, top butt. Top butt. Because a lot yeah. of people forget the top butt. Yeah. The iliac fibers. There you go. That's yeah. a fancy word for yeah. top butt. <laughs> um, so then we have our. Okay. So back to where you, I cut you off. I know. Uh, you were talking in five by fives. Yes. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means five sets of five repetitions. And you're okay. going to take like. One minute to 90 second rest. The way that I set up for five by fives, yeah. I have to get in a set of 10. Yep. A very uh, minimal, like 30% mm -hmm. of that weight at least. Yes. Right. Well, Maybe always even half. Warm, always warm up. <laughs> so my warm up <laughs> is unloaded set. Yes. Yeah. I always say like start with an unloaded set because you should, your body should move the same unloaded as it does loaded. And if there's mm. a difference, if you feel that you are better under loaded weight, then you have mechanic issues. Like your body, you should respect. Oh, I was definitely that way. Yeah. yeah you're like, oh, yeah. this is, we're just warming up. We're just moving. Yeah. But your body should feel the same unloaded as it does loaded. Obviously, sure. You have to press a little harder into the ground to stand up when there's more weight mm -hmm. but you should feel that your body is moving and folding in the same exact way unweighted like you shouldn't have different internal cues mm -hmm. correct yeah it should mm -hmm. be and like and you should still respect even if you've got an empty barbell respect it and do the same setup that you do if it's got your max weight on it gotcha okay so five by fives great way to start mm -hmm. if you're squatting and you're doing more than 15 that's called cardio <laughs> can we agree <laughs> This is true. Yeah. So that's called you kettle. Ask any, if yeah. you ask any weightlifter over eight, you're like, oh, yeah. <gasps> so. But yes, yeah. yeah. You're doing a lot. You're in, you're in cardio zone. Not a bad thing, but yeah, you're it's in cardio. Not, yeah. I mean, but um, like kettlebell instructors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We they'll use, them. they use squats as cardio. They yeah. do conditioning with squats. Mm -hmm. A yeah. lot of it. Because <laughs> they can, you know, they can move fast, but it's the same way of like, if you're squatting fast, they should look the same as your weighted squats. 
Like you can watch people air squat and they'll have a beautiful like weighted squat. And then you watch them air squat and go, what happened? (laughs) It's the same movement. Okay. So I think that's a good goal Mm -hmm. is to have the loaded squat the same as your unloaded squat and the same internal cues so that your brain doesn't go into some kind of emergency mode Mm -hmm. and your hormones consequently respond. Oh, yeah. You know, that's there's a whole lot of stuff that would happen after that. Things happen. But... Yeah, I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Good beginner goal. Mm-hmm. You have to experiment. You have to get a little outside your comfort zone yes. to get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I did, but mm-hmm. I do that with instruction. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I I chose that. Yep. And that's what we call failing safely. Oh, yes. Um, so you have to get a little outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone, figure that out. Unloaded squat, same kind of t- like temperament mm-hmm. as your loaded squat yeah. okay so great progression for number one um then we have what do you if okay so front squat pause yeah. squat box squat I love them. okay what is a <laughs> what, what what do you think are the best outcomes for a box squat like yeah, I mean, box squat's going to teach a lot of explosiveness in standing up. So a lot of times mm. if it's you're a person that you find standing up slows down, even under any weight is a slower, like there's a hiccup I at the like bottom. I feel like that's a core exercise. It's a lot. Big time. And it should be because it teaches you that that's how like hard your core should be working. Like if you do a box squat and you feel like you're about to crumble under the weight, then your core's never been engaged the whole time. Um, because when you sit down and sit back, you're still tightly engaged in the core. It's just that you kind of your legs are getting a break and then they have to quickly fire and press into the ground. Um, so the box squat is really going to teach a lot of that deep engagement and get those hamstrings. Direct transfer to zombie apocalypse. Direct transfer to zombie apocalypse, you know, yeah. needing to explode out of something quickly. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Good. Under from under rubble. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you talk about that <laughs> in like the rock climbing sense, if you're yep. a mixed martial artist, that's that huge. Same, that same spring power, that yeah. ability to take translate and push like that potential and kinetic energy. Mm. Physics okay. from love, high school. Yes. <laughs> um Okay, so then what do you think are the best outcomes, p- potential outcomes for a good front squat? So front squat. It's a complicated. <laughs> yeah. Front squat's really complicated. So as preface this, as yes. we are about to talk about this, we are not talking about people with um, shoulder injuries, hand injuries, elbow, wrist. Thoracic limitations. <laughs> Those. Thoracic means your rib cage to spine area. Um, a An example of that would be, I guess, classic. Uh, hunched over posture mm-hmm. um another example would be if you've had rib injuries yes yeah um maybe fighting right. or um falling or wearing a harness like uh jumping out of a plane i find those people have a lot of rib issues or thoracic issues little inside yeah. info of the mat specialist I mean, there but people jump out of place no i mean i do with a lot of military folk <laughs> that makes sense i'm sorry yeah i just do the way I, you made that seem like you know everyday people that you know catch ubers yeah. jump well, out of plane <laughs> we're in the dc area there's i mean i can see the pentagon from my apartment it's true. like my, this area is full yeah. of vets and yeah um i mean front squats are hard i mean there's a very quick test to figure out if you're able to front squat or not it's called okay. grab a pvc pipe or a wooden dowel Put it on your shoulders. Okay, PV- PVC pipe means plastic. Plastic tube. Yes. Like go to Home Depot or Lowe's. 
Ask if they ask you Any what you're there for. Yeah. It. I mean, yeah, you could do or that. Or a broom. <laughs> or a broom. Do you have yeah. a broom? Do you have a Swiffer? Yeah. Uh, you know, holding it up and getting it because you want it to rest on two four points of contact, collarbones, and deltoids. And if your hands can get underneath it, then you can front squat. If you're in a position where your elbows are underneath your wrists, mm-hmm. you're not able to front squat yet, and that's okay. Yeah, front squat is. It's more, even if you think the back squat has a lot of core and the back squat, the front squat's going to have even more core. So much pos- girl. Because the position you cure. have to cure. So much cure. <laughs> uh, because of the position that you have to be in. You have to be super upright, tight, straight, and those elbows driven up. Uh, we work on this in Pilates. Mm-hmm. There is something called, no, I'm not going to lie. I do not know what most things are called in Pilates. They have so many weird names. Mm-hmm. But there is such thing as a Pilates squat in my mind. And it is so much front squat. You would love it. It turns on all the anterior muscles and it's pretty boss. Like it's, yeah, serratus anterior and all the erectors. It's good. Oh, it's so yummy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know what upright means. Yes. Because a lot of people, like we talk about the thoracic cage, but like that lifts up Mm -hmm. on its own if you meet any singers they know exactly what you're talking about because any singers to lift and open up lung capacity yeah facts um well no i mean i i grew up in playing a woodwind instrument and you can see it right now i Mm -hmm. sit on the front of my chair ready to blow some pipe yeah (laughs) some woodwind some reed I got um, that from, I got yeah, no, you, like yeah. you sit really, yeah, you, we both do it, <laughs> we actually. We both do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, have, a, have a vocal but teacher I mean, I think it's Yeah, it's interesting because I, it's, I don't know, sitting upright is not. It's not intuitive it's, anymore. It's not, I, I don't know if it ever was. I didn't live sure. back then. You know, I'm no anthropologist. Um, you know, I don't know how upright we were. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't we'll know. never know. I mean, I'm sure chiropractors have an opinion. And yeah, Pilates and but I think it's, people if have you an opinion. Can, your body, you know, there are th- certain things about movement we know. We know we can sit upright. I can do it yeah. Supported. Like we know th- these are things we. The more know. upright you are, the more human you are. Mm-hmm. That's true. The less upright you are, the more gorilla you are. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> are you a gorilla or are you a human? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you look at the posture of that's the, true. you know, apes and stuff, like the yeah, I mean, I could like there was like a. I, I'm not going to go down this. That's never mind. Oh, we're not going to go <laughs> down squats. the evolutionary posture chat. So front squats. Front squats. Um, I love them. Why mm-hmm. do I love them? They're great. Uh, no. I know, yeah. <laughs> They're great. They feel better on me than back squats. Well, yeah. You're in a much, I think for you and the way your body is, you like being upright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's, it. I find it's harder, but I find the folding is easier. And I know that sounds really weird. Um, because it is a lot harder to hold the torso upright, but when you find that position, you fold a little more naturally with the bar where it hits over the center of shoulders, hips, and then down to it heels. Yeah, into that like beautiful- yeah, I like I really feel that straight line happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, uh, and it's a lot more quadricep will fire. Yeah, a lot more in that guy. I'm quad happy. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. I am. Um, okay, so. Then we have pause squats, yes, which are about control. I'm yes. guessing a yeah. lot about control. Um, and it's I think pause and like tempo fall into the same way. Tempo meaning that, um, and I've done this to Jen before, 
where we're going to take three seconds to Me. get yeah, Nugent. <laughs> um, take three seconds to get down to the bottom of that squat position. Mm-hmm. We're going to hold for three seconds down there, and then we're going to slowly go back up. That's okay, so beautiful. no surprise, I love isometrics. Mm-hmm. And when I teach in the strength and conditioning realm, so I'm teaching athletes how to move better. We didn't even mention this. Any athletic endeavor... If you learn to squat better without weight, yep, you will be a better athlete. Yes. That's I I'm putting money in that. I'm okay with that. All right. Market. Yeah. General advice that Jen is okay with giving, that squat. is one of them. Yeah, I mean if you're if you can yep. get if you can do more efficient squats as an athlete, mm-hmm. you will be better at changing direction, absorbing force, decelerating, accelerating, like all of it. Yes. Getting in the air. Um moving your limbs further away from your center mm-hmm. like uh catching a ball the like that it, it transfers all that so yes. when i teach squats at that uh high school level of soccer right. we do isometric squats and they are miserable yeah but uh it's, it, it teaches works you, it teaches you a lot and it puts you in control call, of what your body's yeah. doing yeah, like, we, yeah. Like I can sit there and watch someone squat and go, okay, I can see what's happening. Um, and you can watch a video, but there's something to be said that if we slow down a movement, you're going to feel a lot of things, but you're going to feel every moment what things are doing. And if something is shifting, yeah. you it puts you in control of learning because the whole point of exercise or having assistance is to create that mind-body awareness and create yes. that connection. So like I said before, exercise is an opportunity mm-hmm. Because there's so many variables that you can control. Yes. So box squat, isometric squat. Mm-hmm. So you are learning to control the variables. Yes. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. How many other places in life can you do that? Very few. Very few. Only in squats. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. There's probably others, but. That's why I said, you know, I've said more than once that I think sports and weightlifting and working out are, I mean, I, I, I am sure martial artists would agree with this the more you control Mm -hmm. learn to control your power and what you can do with your body Mm -hmm. you know the 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 more intelligent you are with your powers yes like again it's a privilege Mm -hmm. like i you know i wasn't born two generations ago where i would have had to who knows work when i was eight years old and you know i mean seriously oh, yeah, no yeah that's i have a choice like we have the freedom to yeah we went through the, you know i think you look at american physical fitness and like gym development and bodybuilding development and it reached this phase of like hate your body so you have to go work out um it's and it's crazy. this new and i think there's slowly been a shift towards you know it's something you can enjoy and do and you can move no but it's 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 a slight shift the problem is small that people are still focused mm-hmm. on they have to hate their body in order to change it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not the case. Mm. We want to change our body because it has the amazing capacity to, to heal, mm-hmm. to improve our brain, yeah, to improve all markers of disease, yeah, and improve um how long we live and how well we live we're obvious we're the science is clear that we're gonna live past 100 years old even these kids with diabetes like because oh we're not getting into that (laughs) are are gonna live a long time and 
we have to focus on what we can control, mm -hmm. our muscles, and how adaptable we are, mm -hmm. how zombie apocalypse right. we are. Are you ready? Are you ready? Um, and like that's the, uh, oh, yeah. that's the privilege. It like, yeah, gosh, it is. I mean, and it's you know, I think I anyone and any, especially women. <laughs> circle yeah. back to when we yeah. started talking mm -hmm. about women, but most women, and I remember, and I have many things of all of my. Like I wanted abs or I wanted this. And honestly, my body didn't shift and really start making the changes it's seen and I've seen until I decided that I wanted to see what it was capable of um, mm -hmm. until I said, well, I want to put numbers up and I want to fuel everything right. I don't care what I look like. And what's happened is I've suddenly had this like, what? Yeah. And you got yourself a man. And I got a man. <laughs> I think it was always there. <laughs> And I got a man, and then all my life problems are solved. Cue soap opera. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. We're kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but it was like there was, I mean, honestly, though, actually, the man did come wrong because it was a lot more self-confidence, and I wasn't focused on things that didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was so like, yeah, he did come along with that yeah. uh, because I was like, oh, you are there, and you are great. Um, but it was like my body was just waiting for me to be like, let's just see what you can do. And see what happens. Oh, I yeah. I, science is very far behind on like the potential of the human. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like the connections, the amount of connections our brain makes and mm -hmm. with our like and our muscles and like actually what they're capable of um, isn't well defined. I, just, I, I think yeah. like, you know, we know that we can't do a 55 inch box jump. Because you just can't accelerate that fast. I don't care how tall you are. Oh, you haven't seen enough videos, Jen. No, no, no. I've oh. I've done the calculations. Oh, okay. Like I don't think you can. Oh, you missed the Chinese weight. I'll show you some videos of Chinese weightlifters. Oh, oh yeah, they can jump taller. I than didn't that. count for a Chinese people and their extra brain. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> it's you don't know how they can jump that fast, but they spend so much time doing jumps. More reason to learn Chinese. More reason to yeah, yeah. they've got it figured out. It's strange, but like they can. They can do those jumps. You look at how fast we've gotten, how close we are to breaking the two-hour marathon. Oh, that's which amazing. Is nuts. So if you guys are excited about what we're talking about right now, I highly suggest a book called The um, The Sport Gene by David Epstein. Super cool. Nice. He talks about uh genetics as we just are right now, mm -hmm. like how we keep smashing records and like we keep raising the bar. And yeah. I mean, despite I mean, it's it's such a strange thing um, and an exciting. I mean, it's it's weird because in <laughs> Olympic weightlifting, there's a weird thing that your master's starts at 35. <laughs> nice. But they're yeah. kind of realizing that a lot of the athletes are still peaking and are not there and are past 35. Ugh. Like there's this weird age gap. You look at Ironman and endurance sports, people are peaking in their like early 40s. Oh, sure. Yeah. They're the ones that sure. are winning. Like, yeah. We haven't really tested the limits and seen, you know, um, what can happen. You look at ultra marathoners. And Retirement like, oh. homes in the next 50 years are going to be dope. Oh, they're going to be so active. <laughs> <laughs> you had, uh, there was the guy who ran, um, he set a marathon record. He is, I want to say 75 or 77, sub three hour. Crazy. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> wow. 
But I mean, it's like it's we have these, you know, there are these limits set of like, oh, you can't do this after this age. You can't weightlift after this age. You can't do this. And it's there isn't. Oh, gosh. There yeah, we're not talking stopping, about those people. Yeah, we're not talking about those people. There's always a U-turn, but it's, you know, we don't know what's capable. But if you're mindful and safe, you can explore yeah you can do a lot you can do a lot so what can we do to help people see this we're gonna link to a couple instagram vids yeah i'll Uh, take some out we're gonna i think we should record like a front squat thing and and the assessment that you mentioned yes i think that's super helpful um all different yeah yeah I'll, I'll show you guys my progress yes on my squats um lots of cool stuff and yeah that's it i know thank you so much of course I'm always so squat. Yay. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and comment, like, dislike. Just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness.